You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. I am the editor-in-chief of the E2C Network. We're back to discuss some Auburn Tigers men's basketball. Sadly, tonight we're going to be discussing a loss to the Kentucky Wildcats, number 12 Kentucky versus number 14 Auburn. The Tigers fall by the score of 80 to 82, dropping their overall record on the year to 13 and 4 and evening up their SEC record at 2 and 2 on the year. We're going to talk about all the news, the events, the excitement, and the magnitude of this game and how it um, makes the SEC kind of shape out for the rest of the season. All that on this episode. To do that, I have brought in my friend, co-host, owner and operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. You come down uh, a little bit from all the excitement, Clint? Uh. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. Uh. So what's the, what's the feeling right now? Is it more exhaustion, frustration? Yeah, what is it? It's really this idea that I've always had of missed opportunities. You know, there's there's only so many chances you have in an atmosphere like that with a team like this, with the game ending like it did, and Auburn just let it slip. And it's 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 a frustrating reality. It is, but I think you can choose to look at this game several different ways because there is definitely some frustrating things about this we're going to discuss. But I think you can also find areas of encouragement, seeing as how they had a few obstacles to overcome in this game as well, and the incredible comeback that they mounted to be within literally a spin-out of the ball in the basket to lose the game. I mean, they had multiple opportunities to win this thing at the very end and just fell short each time. And you kind of discussed it, Clint. You think there's still a line between Auburn and Kentucky. Do you think that still exists? You know, I, I do. I think that there was a talent-wise and coaching, there's still another level that Auburn hasn't hit right now. And, and there's very few teams that will be on that level as Kentucky, and I think Auburn's really close. And, um, you know, you just saw Auburn get really pushed around today, whether that was legal physicality or not is a different (laughs) story but you know bruce said it after the game kentucky is bigger than auburn in every single position and that's that's the truth i mean jared harper is one of the smallest guys in the league and with austin wiley out nursing an injury auburn has lost their biggest guy and horace spencer the tallest guy on the court for auburn looked tiny compared to some of these kentucky players and, you know, that's just that's recruiting the best of the best, I think. And, you know, they was it was it Barkley that said it on the broadcast that Auburn is not going to get McDonald's uh, All-Americans. Auburn is going to have to get this the next best players and coach them up. And in that sense, Auburn is always going to struggle with that size and talent gap. I, I don't think Chuck was entirely true in that sense but you know it might be true i think that's the perception right now and i on some level i i understand what he was trying to say there but i do think that if you take away 
the makings of the scandal with Chuck Person a year ago, I think Auburn's on a, yet an even higher level of recruiting beyond that because there were some players that were scared away from Auburn and went to other schools because of the Chuck Person thing. Was Bruce going to be implicated in any of that? Now that it's gone away, I think you can take a step back and say that did affect the recruiting on some level. So in the strictly recruiting sense, I agree with you. Kentucky and Auburn are not on the same level. However, because of the difference in style, I think Auburn and Kentucky are on the same level now because of the way they play. They're so different. Kentucky plays big. Auburn plays small and does. And when they do it properly and and can execute like they did at the end of this game, they're pretty much unstoppable. So I do think that they're on the same level when you put the two teams on a court together and just have at it. But if you look at perception, culture, the idea of what Kentucky basketball is versus Auburn, then I concede to you, Clint, that Kentucky is still above the line and Auburn's below it. I think that's fair. I think we can settle there. I thought that would be a little bit more of a fun debate there, but I think you both, (laughs) we actually ended up seeing a little bit more eye-to-eye than we thought on this one. Uh, But let's talk more about the game itself in depth. And the first thing I always ask you, Clint, was this a complete game or no? No, not not even close. (laughs) And tell me why. Auburn really struggled in the first half, and and I think Kentucky did too. Um, But Auburn at times just had way too many empty possessions. And from the end of the first half to the beginning of the second half, I think they said that Kentucky went on like a 19-2 run. And that's, that's really impressive. And like you said, Kentucky is at times unstoppable. And and that really hurt Auburn in this game. But Auburn played kind of sloppy, went for some pretty bad shots in the first half, and uh, thankfully came out and played a lot better, a lot cleaner, and a lot smarter in the second half. And that's really what put the Tigers in position to ultimately win this game. And I think that's the interesting thing you say there, because you can take a look at that run, incredible run, to be honest, by Kentucky end of the first half, begin the second half to just get out to a 17-point lead. And for a while there, at least maintain a double-digit lead for a long time. And then the incredible run by Auburn to play smarter basketball, to realize, hey, we're in the bonus really early here. We can go to the line and shoot some free throws. We don't have to be afraid of their size. We can go in there and bang around. And then when they started doing that, then the three-point line started opening up a little bit more for them the guys who are normally clutch, like Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, started knocking down their shots. And we have a ball game. To be honest, Clint, this is, even as a loss, this is one of my favorite games that I've watched in some time as an Auburn basketball player. And I don't know how you feel about that statement. <coughs> well, you're an Auburn basketball fan, not a player. So, um, <laughs> But, you no, know, I agree. This was a really fun game. The jungle was intense. The students got out there. I think at best six hours before gates opened and in the rain, in the rain, there were tornado warnings all over, you know, a couple of counties over. So it was a nasty day in Auburn and they, they showed up. The arena I think was packed. It it was a sellout and it was an amazing atmosphere. There were times that really looked like Auburn was going to just pack it in. The crowd kind of died out around halftime and just after. But there's no quit in this team. Coach Pro will not let them have any quit. And they fought back from a 17-point deficit to take the lead 
late in the game. I mean, Auburn had a lead with 32 seconds left. It was a one-point lead, but, you know, to we're not even five years removed from an Auburn team that would be down five and roll over and die. And now they're down 17 to one of the top schools in the country and a top 15 team, and they're going to keep fighting. And that's, I mean, I'm never going to be upset with the way Auburn basketball fights. Absolutely, and I think that's why it's easier for us to take this loss tonight. And it's never fun. We don't want to lose the game, but when we see the way these Tigers fought back, the way they didn't give up, I think it speaks to us being a little bit more comfortable with taking a loss to teams like this. And may I bring this point up again? Auburn's only losses in this season are to Duke, Ole Miss, NC State, and now Kentucky. All very good teams. We didn't think Ole Miss was good at the time, but they have proven that they belong up at the top of the SEC now. And I categorized this game before we started as the battle for number two in the SEC behind Tennessee, who seems to be all that we thought they would be. And granted, it goes to Kentucky, kind of conceding them to be the second best team in the SEC. But now the question becomes, is Auburn or Ole Miss the third best team? And I think we'll figure that out if we play them again later in the season. I think we do. Um, But I, I still am comfortable with where we sit and our place in the SEC right now. You take out the Austin Wiley departure tonight, the questionable calls at times tonight and I think this game in Auburn Arena doesn't turn out so well for Kentucky and I don't I don't feel like I'm stepping out too far to actually say that no I I do think that Auburn kind of handicapped themselves in a way at the beginning of this game with Austin Wiley you know sitting on the bench in a boot in street clothes you know I I don't know what the injury is or or what the outlook is, but that that's a bad loss. <clears throat> you know, like we said, that Auburn was outsized, and all of your size is now sitting on the bench. So that was tough. Um, you know, some calls going one way or another. Auburn really struggled with some bad turnovers at the end of the first half. Those go a couple of different ways. It's a completely different ball game. Um, <clears throat> you know, Auburn just got kind of complacent at times, and and I know it's starting to become part of his game, but I feel like a huge detriment to Auburn's offense is when Bryce Brown tries yes. to go isolation, top of the key, and dribbles for 25 seconds. That's just a detriment to this offense. There's no movement. There's a, absolutely no ball movement. And you're just setting up for a rushed, contested, bad shot. So I think if Auburn had played a cleaner game for 40 minutes, this is a different team. This is a different outcome. Well, you talk about the Bryce Brown situation. I completely agree with that, that I, I was frustrated watching him sit up there and just dribble through his legs, dribble through his legs, trying to shake and bake the man on him. And it just didn't work that often. I mean, I'm glad that he's trying to increase certain parts of his game for his uh, NBA draft stock. Cause he definitely needs to do that. However, it is a detriment to the team, and I and I hope that Coach Pearl and I, I trust that he does sees that and can kind of get that corrected uh, for the games going forward here. And I mean, if you look about it, the first basket that Auburn scores tonight is after great ball movement and a backdoor pass to all people at Jared Harper for the score here. Auburn is at its best when they are just moving the ball at will around the arc, maybe getting it inside for an in and out game, and then popping the three. 
That is Auburn basketball right there. And then eventually when they start knocking down their threes, they move the ball inside, even without Austin Wiley here. So I do agree with you that Bryce Brown does need to be aware of what's going on when he does that, and I hope he does. Speaking of Bryce Brown, Clint, 28 points. What do you think about that? Oh, man, Bryce played really well this game. And, you know, it was it was kind of a quiet 28 points. Um, didn't really seem like he hit almost 30, but I knew he was in the 20s. And just like last week, had a bad half, but then, you know, com- uh, complimented it with a really good half. Bryce went into halftime against Kentucky, I think, with two or three points, and then explodes in the second half and ends up with 28. He's 8 of 9 overall, sits a 7 from three-point land, and your favorite, sits a 6 from the charity stripe. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how can you not be happy with how Bryce Brown played? I think he played incredible defense. He was just becoming a pest for Kentucky right on the face of the point guard and, you know, the ball handler and just just making it tough. Um Kentucky definitely wasn't phased by it, but he he made it tough for them to get their buckets, and and I'm incredibly happy with how Bryce played today and took over that second half. Yeah, he did have such a great game, and we're getting accustomed to at least every week or so, maybe almost once a week at least, having Bryce go off for as much as he normally does here with these like 28 points, 30 points per game, something uh, around that mark there. Um, If I'm going to brag on Bryce Brown, we also need to brag a little bit on the other team since they did get the win. The guy that stuck out to me for Kentucky was Tyler Hero in the way that he could just start knocking down threes at will. And We talked about in the preview of this game, would we figure out who is the guy to pay attention to this game? Because we really couldn't place anybody in terms of names on this team. Well, you know a name now. For me, it's Tyler Hero. Man, you know, this... This kid is going to turn into uh, the Carrera for you oh, no. from South Carolina. Don't do that to me, Clint. <clears throat> no, he's going to do it to me. I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as I don't like this really, really talented freshman coming in and beating my team. <laughs> this kid is so good that it bothers me. And, <clears throat> I mean, he was just very tough to beat and you know like we said already a couple times that Kentucky at times is just unstoppable that's all on number 14 he was unstoppable at times and and just making fantastic plays keeping Kentucky in the lead um you know when Auburn was really struggling to get it to you know 10 9 or 10 point deficit it was Hero that was coming up with the Hero shots and, and keeping Kentucky I see what you did there. with their lead. <laughs> it's not the first time it's going to happen. Uh, you know, we ought to find ways to work more bad puns into our shows here. So I think you've just set yourself up for success the next four years, maybe. <laughs> I hope we don't have to see him for four years. See, that is exactly the same thing I said with Herrera from South Carolina. And look, it, it felt like six years that he was there. So if I get to watch you fret over this kid for the next two years at least, it'll just bring so much heart to, to or joy to my heart because I'll now know that you understand what I went through for so long with Herrera. Like, I just these people shouldn't be that good at basketball. Why are you so good at basketball? You should not be this good, and somehow you are. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There you go. I mean, like, I don't even know why I started ranting about him again. He just makes me angry just talking about him. Anyway, 
This is about Kentucky and Auburn, not about a former South Carolina player. We'll talk about that game in just a little bit here. I do want to go back to something about how close these programs are in our debate of is there still that line. If we just look at this game in and of itself in context, let's look at some of these stats here, and this is how close these two programs are based on this game. They literally, in terms of team stats, trade categories. Kentucky wins the field goal percentage. Auburn wins 3-point field goal percentage. Auburn wins free throws. Auburn wins turnovers. I know it's in favor of Auburn right now, but it gets a little bit worse. Kentucky wins turnovers. Points off of turnovers, Kentucky wins. And you just keep going down between second chance points, bench points, points in the paint, blocks, steals. They literally trade. This was an incredible game. It was everything that it was hyped up to be. And I'm struggling with the fact that Auburn is good enough to compete with Kentucky year in and year out now. And it's something that I never thought I would be able to say or even see in my lifetime compared to where we were. So even in a loss, folks, I think the biggest thing you can take away from this is that this Bruce Pearl program is here to stay and they are ready to compete with the big time in the SEC and on the national standard. What's the big one that sticks out to you for them? You know, it's really shots put up. Um, especially three points. Um, Auburn shot 56 times to Kentucky's 48 and then shot 30 three-pointers to Kentucky's 15. And then at the charity stripe, 23 throws for Auburn, 33 for the Wildcats. And and I think those really go hand-in-hand with how this came out. Auburn is a three-point shooter, and... If they aren't hitting those, it's going to be a tough day for Auburn. Only Bryce was really hitting these three-pointers, so it was a struggle for Auburn to keep it close at times. And because they put up so many three-pointers, they don't draw the fouls, and they don't draw the shooting fouls. And so that is where you see the discrepancy in free-throw shots taken. But for the the three-pointers, Auburn was 13-30, of and a lot of those missed shots were very quick trips down the court and empty possessions seemed like when Auburn really needed a big shot they they kind of rushed a three-pointer it wasn't a good shot Chuma had a couple of those um Jared had a couple of those and Kentucky's fast break offense was something that Auburn really couldn't get a handle on so you know I just I wish Auburn would have have played a little bit smarter on the offensive side in terms of, you know, running down and having such quick possessions. And I think that naturally is just because of the type of the team they are. Like you already said, they're a three point shooting team. That's that's kind of, there is a tendency to live and die by that. But even when you lose a guy like Austin Wiley, there goes a big portion of your down low game presence. And it's hard to kind of get back into the swing of things. They were doing that at the beginning of the season without Austin Wiley, and they kind of had to play one way to start the season when he came in, kind of adjust and change. Now they're having to go back and figure out what was successful for them at the beginning of the season without him. So I can understand there being a little bit of a give and take there, a little bit of trying to figure things out, kind of getting back to the way things were without him because it does seem the rumor is that he will be out for a few weeks whether that's true or not we'll find out hopefully it's not the case the biggest thing for me and I know it's just as frustrating for Austin as it is for us Clint but we have yet to see anything close to a full healthy season 
with Austin Wiley. He's been on probation, suspension. He's been injured or hasn't started at the beginning of a season in his freshman year. I just wonder what we have missed of Austin Wiley since we've just never seen a full season with him. And and I don't think we will. Yeah. And, you know, big men are like running backs. When they hurt their ankles or their feet, like a running back hurts their hamstring, it's a lingering injury. And I'm, I'm afraid that might be what this is with Austin. And, you know, if, if that is the case, then it's just going to keep coming back. It's just a matter of when, not if it's coming back. And, you know, this Austin Wiley is an NBA talent. He will play at the next level. And at what point does he, his family and coach Pearl sit down and say, you're making money. You're not risking that money playing for Auburn. And I don't, I don't know if that conversation would go that way and, or if they sit it down like that, but I, I just don't think we're going to see Austin Wiley beyond this year because of that. I agree with you there that it, this is the last season I had already anticipated seeing with him, and I hope we can get him healthy again so it's just not a shorter season than his freshman season even was. Um, it is frustrating to watch this happen, and no one's more frustrated than him, but we know this team is capable of winning without him, just not in the same way. And it just takes that little bit of readjustment. Like we always talked about with Austin being out there opens up a window for somebody else, a guy we've been trying to figure out how can they get him more into the game? That's Daniel Purifoy. He is a guard or a swingman, as I would call him, but he has the ability and somewhat of the size to play down a little bit more, give a little bit more size to the lineup. He hasn't had an opportunity to play much since he got off his suspension. Here's your window, Daniel. I hope he can seize it, seize the moment, and hopefully win himself some more playing time. And tonight, you know, not a lot of minutes, eight, but he, when push came to shove and clutch time, he knocked down a three. So I was very happy to see him hit that. I was too, and and I, I made the comment on Twitter that these are going to be some very important minutes for Dangel in this game. I didn't really think he would get a whole lot in a Kentucky game, in a tight contested game like this. But his few minutes, if he made them count, it could just expand going forward. And naturally, as soon as he gets in, he dropped a rebound on a free throw right out of bounds. And I think I just feel like that's kind of the epitome of of Dangel's season right now. And and he's he's really voiced some frustrations on social media and has kind of chirped at people um, who have also voiced their frustrations. So I I do wonder what's going on over there, but I I think that he did make his few minutes worth it. Uh, Did come up with two personal fouls, but you know, one for four overall for that three pointer, not the best stat line, but I think he, you know, he, he did affect the game, and I think he did it positively. D'Angelo actually had a minus two plus minus stat, but I think that it was, you know, understandable. I think that, you know, that's just, I don't think that that's so much on his play as it is playing Kentucky. Without, and like I said, the opportunity is now there for him to get some more minutes because he will be part of this lineup a little bit more, I feel like, with Austin Wiley not being available for some time. Again, hopefully it's not too much time without him, but this is Daniel's opportunity to do something with it. Other opportunities for people to set up 
and which have already done so a little bit throughout the season, and one of those is Horace Spencer, continues to be an incredible contributor to this team in his role. Not as a starter, but in the role that he has established himself. The more and more I talk about this guy, he reminds me of Jordan Granger, who struggled to find his role at times before Coach Pearl got here and then flourished when he found the way he could best contribute to this team. And now he has an opportunity to step up even more. Will he be starting? Most likely not. I think that's going to be reserved to Anthony Mclemore from now on in, in reserve for Austin Wiley. But Horace Spencer is a beast, even getting a little bloody in this game, Clint. <laughs> a little bloody? Did you cry when you saw your boy go down? Oh, so here's the thing. I was watching this with my family here tonight, and I saw him go down. And the angle at which my TV, it, it, it looked like he went down, it felt like to me he had broke his arm because of the way he landed and immediately kind of clutched up and was like kind of rolling around the ground. And I said, oh, I can't watch this. They're going to show a replay of a flapping around arm, and I can't handle that. But immediately <laughs> my wife says, go back and look. He's not, he's hurt. I mean, he's hurt, but he's he's up moving around. And thankfully that wasn't it. So yes, when he went down, my favorite player, I was cringing for him. And like, not again, not one of our great players just having a horrific in- injury. And uh, thankfully that wasn't the case. But yeah, man, it was through it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was uh, it was an interesting play because, you know, I think it's the the play itself is kind of controversial if it was um, <clears throat> flagrant, intentional or just a fair play. The commentators and a couple of other people I've seen on Twitter didn't see it as a bad play. I saw it a little bit differently, um, but I, I was shocked to see the replay and see that he wasn't scratched above the eye. It was when his head pained off the court that he bloodied his eyebrow and and i'm surprised that he came back in so quickly and and wasn't you know deemed concussed but it it is interesting when something like that happens because you get a unique uniform aspect that doesn't get a whole lot of attention at these times most teams carry an extra jersey with them for these reasons you can't play with blood on your jersey and and Horace had a ton of it on his chest so they took him into the locker room I guess to probably stitch him up real quick and he came back out with a bandage on his eye and wearing number 55 and no no name on the back or not (laughs) you know I am but no name on the back it's been I think the last time was 2014 that we saw the blood jersey come out when Alan Payne got injured so it's <clears throat> you don't see it very often and it always creates a little bit of confusion but there's there's always a reason for it. Yeah, that was pretty interesting that when uh, 55 came running out I was like who's 55 and I was like oh wait that's Horace <laughs> he's actually back. So I'm glad that uh, the injury wasn't as bad as it actually looked and hopefully this whatever stitching or patching that he got will uh, be healed up in time for this game coming up next and I think you know I always look for great segues between our topics Clint and I don't think there's a better way to segue into the next game um, which is going to be South Carolina going back to Columbia it's a it's a very crude segue there it is but is it not fitting from one horrific injury well not horrific but just bad looking injury to the site of what was the turning point in a bad way for Auburn's season last year. Anthony McLemore went down in that horrific leg injury um, last year, and you know this is heavy on his mind, heavy on his teammates' mind going into this, 
And you can imagine that if not literally, but figuratively, they've had this one marked on their calendar as the one to make right again because they come into Columbia with the Gamecocks with a record of 9-8, and 4-1 and one in the SEC. They have struggled in non-conference play, playing a decent schedule. I'll, I'll give them that. But they came out on fire in the SEC, winning their first four games. But they just lost to LSU, who seems to be decent this year. So this is a Frank Martin team that doesn't seem to be the one we're used to, Clint. But you can, again, as we always say, never take anybody for granted. Not not on the road. And, you know, we were at that game last year. And that is a very tough arena to play in. It's a very big arena. And it I didn't think it was a very crowded area, but it was loud. And it was uh, a really tough place for Auburn to play. And you saw that before and after. Anthony's injury and I can't help but think that it's going to be a tough place for this team and especially Anthony McMore to walk into um, in a couple of days it's you know we've talked about it a couple of times that Anthony has taken a couple of days and a couple of games to get used to his ankle and to trust it and you know it, it that was a very traumatic injury and trauma has, has its way of of lingering so i'm just hoping for anthony's sake that nothing really triggers that and he can still come out and play a lot better than he did against kentucky tonight but you would understand in the same token that if he was a little bit off this game that he kind of has a reason to be i hope that's not going to be the case for him uh, because i do expect him to respond in a, in a very good way and I and he kind of has to here because I think where you look in this game the best matchup uh, has to be for Auburn to win this game is down low Chris Silva big Chris Silva is still there he feels like he's been there forever still. too. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the Gamecocks they just stay there forever and, and never leave it's kind of annoying um, but Anthony McLemore versus Chris Silva and then Horace Spencer is probably going to have his fair amount of time against him as well. That's where you really need to watch these matchups and see if it goes in Auburn's favor because I think how that matchup goes is whether Auburn wins or not. I would agree with that. And I think we see Purifoy get probably double-digit minutes for the first time this season. It's, I think you and I both are making pretty obvious statements on this one here, uh, but it doesn't take away the, the – um, gravity of them especially with austin wiley not being there this is going to be the game to uh, show whether auburn can adapt yet again and find a way to be competitive um, the way they were at the beginning of the season we're going to be watching it intently to see how anthony plays the rest of the team plays in south carolina uh, this tuesday 6 30 p.m eastern time is the game time you can watch it on sec network uh, but that's all we have on this edition. Let's give our contact information before we get out of here. Clint, they can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at AuburnUniforms.com. And that's all for this episode, but until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, 
SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?